talking about today. Gluttony. And you know what? I, that video, I remember that when I first watched that movie, and I probably had Pastor Josh rewind that a couple of times. And even last night, I watched that video like three or four times. Because you know what? A little bit of honey makes the medicine go down, right? A little bit of sweetness can make the medicine go down. And so uh, I was not looking forward to talking about this. As you can tell, it is the last week on purpose. Because I didn't want to talk about gluttony because I like to eat. <laughs> And so, uh, but you know what? God showed me that gluttony, uh, what it is, friends, it's just misguided cravings. That's all it is. It's a misguided craving. Instead of craving what we should crave, the presence of the Lord, we settle for temporary uh, cravings and temporary fulfillment. And so we're going to dig in deep today. Don't, this is not, this sermon is, is, can we turn this down just a little bit? I'm echoing. It's driving me nuts. All right, thanks. I'm loud. I don't need that loud. This word for you today, friends, it's to encourage you. It's to exhort you to go on and do the greater things that God has called you to do. So let's be excited about receiving his word today. Amen. Say, I am going to receive his word today. So today's a, a word that the Lord gave me. He titled it, when enough is enough. Can you say that with me? When enough is enough. And this is why I felt he speak to my spirit. When we finally have enough cheap imitation and temporary fixes. Let me say that again. When we finally have enough cheap imitations and temporary fixes, then maybe we can really begin to hunger for God. God wants his people to hunger for him. Today we're going to talk about gluttony and we're, we're going to talk about, you know, some of the things that go along with that. But you know what? It's not, a, it's not about obesity. It's not about even being overweight. I've seen teenage boys who are skinny rails be gluttonous, right? What gluttony is, when I, I, it, what it is, is an overindulgence. But yet, at the same time, we are going to break down just a little bit of things. One thing that the raccoon said that I thought was just so awesome. He says, we, talking about animals, we eat to live, they live to eat. This is a true statement when 70% of American adults are overweight or, or obese. And I can say that because I'm overweight, all right? That's, that's like uh, Pastor Earl can make black jokes, but I really can't right? Because he's black and I'm not. So I can say that I have authority, friends, to talk about this word today. Okay? This is what the scripture says, Proverbs 23, 2. It says, and put a knife to your throat if you're given to gluttony. Ooh, foundational scripture here. Proverbs 23, 21, and, or 20 and 21. Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat. The definition of gluttony, according to the Merriam-Webster's online dictionary, is an access in eating or drinking, greedy or excessive indulgence. It is an inordinate desire to consume more than that which one requires. It's self-indulgence. And self-indulgence, and I know this to be true because I asked Siri last night, and this is what she told me. I dig deep for y'all. I dig deep. Self-indulgence is characterized by doing or tending to do exactly what one wants. That's when you insert a well. Let me say that one more time. Is doing or tending to do exactly what one 
wants. Especially, especially when it involves pleasure or idleness. It's rooted in selfishness. Can you say selfishness? I want to do a little comparison real quick for you guys. Can you say comparison? And I want to compare what the, one of the toxic sins of lust to this toxic sin of gluttony. Say, so go ahead and compare it for us. Okay. Now, food, like sex, is one of the many gifts that God has given us. It's a gift from God. Food is not only given to us for energy, but the Bible talks about enjoying your food. It's for enjoyment. So it's not just for energy and nourishment. It is for enjoyment. And just as sex is a gift from God to a married man and a married woman, not just for procreation, but for pleasure. But friends, we have to learn to be responsible. Say responsible. Responsible. Say it again like you mean it. (laughs) We have to be responsible with the gifts that God gives us. See, when we're not responsible with sex, we get STDs, abortion, children out of wedlock, adultery, divorce, broken families, broken lives, and so much more, right? When we're not responsible with the gift of food, we get disease and sickness, obesity, diabetes, hypertension, and many other health problems. Do you see the similarities here between lust and gluttony? See, lust and gluttony are both rooted in selfishness. And selfishness. The gifts God gives us are to be used responsibly and with wisdom. If not, we tend to worship the gifts instead of the giver. I'm preaching myself happy right now. I don't know if you guys just got that. I'm telling you what, I was with the Lord last night and I'm like, that is what we do. We settle for cheap imitations. We worship your gifts instead of the one who gives the gifts, the giver. And guess what that's called when you worship the gifts and not the giver? Idolatry. Oh, y'all cheated. Y'all read it up on the screen. It's called idolatry. It is. It's called idolatry. The Lord said it's misguided cravings. If we would hunger and thirst for the Lord. Listen, y'all, I woke up. I was a pound lighter today, so I felt good. Seriously. (laughs) If we would hunger and thirst for the Lord, we wouldn't settle for temporary fixes. We wouldn't settle for emotional binge eating. If we would hunger and thirst for the Lord, we wouldn't go to ice cream and Ben and Jerry's when we're having a bad day. Come on. Come on. If we would hunger and thirst for the Lord, we wouldn't hide ourselves away and binge on Netflix. That's, a, that's gluttony too. If we would hunger and thirst for the Lord, we wouldn't have to zone out in hours and hours and hours and hours of video games because we're feeling overwhelmed and we just don't want to think about what we want to think about. If we would hunger and thirst for the Lord. It's a temporary fix, friends. It's okay to have cravings. God designed you to crave, to want, to desire. He's given you that gift of passion and zeal. But when we have misguided passion and zeal and cravings, we satisfy them or try to satisfy them with the temporary fixes of this world. Friends, you remember, Pastor Earl, you remember when we got on fire about two decades ago and we said, ain't no high like a what? 
Holy Ghost high. We had all kinds of people getting saved and coming to the Lord and throwing down their sacks of weed and they're giving up their crack cocaine and saying, ain't no high like a Holy Ghost high. But see, what happens is, is we begin to serve the Lord. And in our journey of serving the Lord, we begin to start to rely too much on ourselves. What is gluttony rooted in? Selfishness. Y'all some smart people. And so when we begin to rely on ourselves and serving the Lord, we are operating in what? Selfishness. Again, gluttony is a misguided craving for temporary fix. It's a misguided craving for a sweetness that this world has to offer for us. But Lord, there's no, there's no sweetness like the sweetness of the Lord. His word is like honey to my lips. Come on, y'all. His word is like honey to my lips. It's okay to crave as long as our craving and our desire is for the Lord above anything else. Above anything else. See, too often we settle for temporary fixes. Too often we settle for these material things that we think are going to make us feel better about ourselves, and they're not. See, Philippians gives us a warning and for chapter 3, verse 18 and 20, it says, For as I have often told you before, and now say it again, even with tears. I can relate to Paul. Even with tears, sometimes we've got to say things. He says this, many live as enemies on the cross of the cross of Christ. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their what? Interesting, huh? Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on what? Earthly things. Now, you remember when Peter rebuked Jesus and said, no, 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 when Jesus was talking about going to the cross? And Peter said, no, 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 you won't. He was saying, you, you don't have to die. He was saying, you know, even if I have to go with you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you don't have to die. There's another way. And what did Jesus tell him? He said, Get thee behind me, Satan. But he said, your mind is on earthly things. Sometimes we can think we're doing something good for the Lord and our mind can still be on earthly things, friends. Because we need to be in his good and perfect and pleasing will. Their God is their stomach. Their mind is on earthly things. Again, rooted in what? Selfishness. But our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await from a savior from there the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we overcome these things? We eagerly await for a Savior. Jesus Christ is coming again, and we have lost that anticipation in the house of God. I was thinking today, as we were worshiping, and I was encouraging to worship, I said, you know what? What if he comes back right now? And I'm thinking about this or that instead of giving him my best worship. I remember... Uh, that passion was in us when we first got on fire that sometimes we would be driving down the street and we would see someone they would think we were crazy because we was like, Arr! and we would do a turn so that we can go do a U-turn in the middle of the street. I remember doing that one time going down airport being so, because the Lord told me to go tell that person about me. Friends, what if he returns today? We need to eagerly await for the Savior. And not, you know what, yes, his return, but for his presence. 
We can have his presence every moment of the day. We, every church service can be an explosion. I'm tired of our church services being, oh, someone could come in that might not know Jesus. So let us be really shy and careful and conservative because we don't want to offend. No, I went up to my teenage girls today. I said, man, you better get your worship on today, girls. I said, you better worship so much that all of them are jealous and want what the Jesus that you have. That's what we need to start doing, huh? Come on, girls. That's what we need to start doing. We need to be not so concerned with the people out there and be concerned with pleasing the Lord. That our craving is for him. And then we say, God, we want you so much. The other people see it and say, I want that. I want that. I want my craving to be for the Lord. For his sweetness. And so as I'm studying this stuff, and actually I went back to this word that I preached back in 2009. I saw this, the only other time I preached on gluttony. I saw five warning signs on gluttony according to Gregory the Great, some pope long ago. And yes, I put in parentheses, some pope long ago. Five warning signs, and this is good stuff, friends. And this is in your notes if you're taking notes. Too soon, say too soon. Hold up, too soon. You mean like fast food have it my way now? Showing impatience? Listen, if y'all want to be cured of fast food have it your way now, just go over here after church on Sunday. See, I'm going to show you right out the window right here. And go to the South End McDonald's. And you're going to be waiting. There's a reserve sign on purpose because I sit there at that reserve sign every time. Huh? Huh, Shua? She was addicted to that right now. You're going to get stuff free today, huh? Okay? And... <laughs> My pocketbooks are feeling fatter already. Hallelujah. Listen, friends, but that is the generation that we live in. We got to have it my way right now. I've been guilty. Sin by my microwave. None y'all done that before? Come on, sin by the microwave. Oh, my gosh, the longest two minutes of my life. It only feels longer when I'm on the treadmill. <laughs> Come on, friends. Too soon. Too soon. Showing impatience. Too, and this one got me. There's some people, I ain't going to point you out, but listen, because you're going to know who it's you. Too delicately. I'm going to try not to look. You know who it is. Vanity and conceit. This type will not eat a dish if there's something just slightly wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. I said medium well on my steak. Not well done. Take it back. I said well done, not medium well. I see a slight pinkness to it. You want me to get mad cow disease? <laughs> Come on, Americans. Do you know there's people in other countries that have never had steak in their life? Oh. Living on rice and beans, and we're talking about, I said, medium, well done. Oh, Lord, have mercy on us. Come on. A warning sign. Might be given into gluttony. Number three, say number three. Too expensively. Not content with what we have, keeping up with the Joneses. And listen, this is debt in America. Going on Facebook like, oh, they went on a vacation. I should go on that vacation. They went on a cruise. When's the last time I went on a cruise? They went to Disney World. I can't even get Cedar Point passes. Come on. Too expensively keeping up with the Joneses and, and the debt. And listen, I've been there. 
there. I'm still there. There's some debt that we still have. I want money to mom and my friend and, oh, Lord, have mercy. Come on. Keeping up with the Joneses. Forgive us, Lord. Too expensively. Too greedily. Not sharing. Always thinking of ourselves. Not willing to help others through hard times. Greedy. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Go ahead and listen to that. It should be on, um, online. Too much. Never satisfied. No portion control. Starbucks heard my prayer. I said, I love frappes, especially when they're half off, and they finally made a mini. I don't feel so bad now. You see that? They got a mini kind. I'm talking to you, sister-in-law. They got a mini. You see that? I'm so excited about it. I had one yesterday. I was like, I'm preaching on gluttony, but I can have a little bit, just not too much. Listen, according to these warning signs, we can be gluttonous with a lot more than just food, friends. A lot more than just food and drink. We can be gluttonous for material possession, never have enough clothes. One time when I first was a young adult, or when I was first, back in the day when I was a young adult, and I went away to Bible school, and my mom gave me a credit card. First mistake, okay? Second mistake, she told me to use it only for an emergency. Third mistake, she has a hard time saying no to me, so I called her up and said, Mom, there's an emergency at Old Navy. It's like 35% off. Can you help me out? And she said yes. <laughs> and the Lord called me sometime after that to do the, one of the hardest fasts at that time. Now, psh, whatever. One of the hardest fasts to go on 101 day. I don't know why he said one day. But 101 day fast of no shopping. Oh, my gosh, friends. All my fr- I mean, that was like half the school year with my emergency credit card. It was rough, Right. I remember the day that I got to 101 and I felt the, I mean, I could, you know, shop for groceries and stuff like that, things that I needed, but not clothes, not selfish things that I wanted that I didn't need because we went and had to buy me a portable closet because the house I was staying in didn't have closet big enough for all my stuff. We bar- I think we took two cars to get down there because my car was filled with clothes and I had to put more clothes in my parents' car because it wasn't enough. And shoes. I like my shoes. I got these about five years ago, so I'm not being gluttonous with these shoes, okay? But listen, <laughs> the Lord called me to that fast, and it was very difficult. And when I, but when I finally made it to that, uh, that it was over, I remember going shopping. They took pictures of me with my bags in my hands. It felt like freedom. Sometimes the Lord has to teach us things because we can be gluttonous men. Come on, with flat, got to have a bigger flat screen. Oh, now it's a smart flat screen TV. Got to have that too. Oh, cell phone works just fine, but we got to upgrade to the iPhone 6 and 7 and 8 and whatever they got. Video games, computers. Come on, we could be wanting too much with these things. I want to learn to be content in the Lord and to crave him only and everything else that he gives to me will be a bonus cuz my God says to seek first the kingdom. What's kingdom? His, he's the king, the dome is his domain. Seek first the king and his rule, his government, and then he will add onto me all these things I need. Right? So I want to learn how to do that. And there's three examples, I believe, that we're going to break down real quick for you in the Bible. Number one, Eve. Say Eve. You know, Eve had a gluttony problem. Gluttony has been a sin from the old, even since the Garden of Eden. Let's read this together. Genesis 3, 6, and 7. When the woman, say woman, saw the fruit on the tree was good, say good, for food, say food, and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was, wait, he was with her. Uh Uh-huh, he don't get off the hook. Where was he at? With her. 
and he ate it. Then their eyes of both of them were open. They realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. See, I always told Pastor Joshua, well, that could not have been an apple. Because no woman of God who has walked in his glory, who has been with him in the cool of the day, would sell him out for an apple. When I think of it, I kind of imagine pints of Ben and Jerry hanging off of it. Now that I have sinned over. But an apple? And I'm being silly, guys, but this is the thing. One of the warning signs that we are given into gluttony is that it is too expensive. And was it not too expensive because it cost Eve everything, friends. And all of us, uh, that's the original sin. All of us have been paying that expensive debt since then. But see, friends, God said that debt is too expensive for you, so I'm going to send my son, Jesus, who is the bread of life. And if you would rely on him, that will pay the debt. If you would rely on him and if you would crave him instead of the things of this world, friends, you can be set free. Come on, somebody. Shout him. Hallelujah. She was selfish. She gave in. But listen, friends, gluttony is not just found in women. There was actually a man's man in the Bible. Say man's man. He fell into it too. His name was Esau. Say Esau. Now he sold his birthright for a bowl of stew. He sold God out just like Eve did for some food. Genesis 25, 30 and 34 he said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. I think he was hangry, friends. See, that is why they called him Edom. Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is a birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew, and he ate and drank, and then he got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Esau's warning that he was acting in gluttony as he wanted it too soon. If he had a microwave back then, he probably wouldn't have sold his birthright. <laughs> he wanted it too soon. He wasn't patient. He wasn't willing to wait. See, both Eve and Esau did not consider the cost of their gluttony in their life, and they both were motivated by the root of gluttony, which is selfishness. Hebrews 12, 16 says this. See that no one is sexually immoral or godless like who? Esau who for a single meal sold his, his inheritance right as the oldest son. Friends, that is what we do sometimes. We sow our right as children of God, as co-heirs of Christ for temporary fixes because we want to feel good right now. And we sell out. We sell our rights. Friends, it's time for us to say, God, we want to crave you like nothing else. Because I don't want to be godless like Esau. I want to respect my body. My body is called to be the temple of the Holy Spirit, and your body is called to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. God literally can reside in your very being, friends. How cool is that? 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 19 says, Don't you know that you yourself are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. You are sacred. Don't sell yourself out. Don't sell yourself out for cheap 
temporary fixes of this world. God, let's just say we want more of you. We want a hunger and thirst for you. The last example here, but I'm not done because I got some more stuff. But the last example here is the first generation of the Israelites in the desert. Oh, man. And listen, they hit all five warning signs. Let's, let's read it. I love it, man. This is some good stuff. Let's learn from their mistakes. Numbers 11, 4 through 6. The rabble with them began to crave other, what? Food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. They were not vegetarians, y'all. <laughs> we remember the fish we ate at Egypt at no cost, except for they were slaves. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. Now remember, the manna was supernaturally delivered by God. How cool was that? So the Israelites, like Eve and Esau, did not count the cost. They had plenty of warning signs that they were acting in gluttony. Number one, they wanted meat too soon, and they missed the promised land. Do you get that? They missed the promised land that was what? The Bible says the promised land was flowing with milk and honey. And they miss the sweetness of the Lord, what God has. Sometimes, friends, we miss all that God has for us because we don't wait on him long enough. The Bible says he who waits in the Lord, God will renew his strength. He will mount up on wings like eagles. He will soar. He will run and not grow weary. He will walk and not faint. Even young men grow weary. It says, but he who waits on the Lord, he who waits on the Lord, the Lord will renew his strength. Sometimes we sell God out just too soon. Because we don't want to wait. And we miss the promised land. We miss the promises that God has for us. See, they died in the desert because of their gluttony and other sins. And then this warning sign, they wanted their food too delicately. They longed for the food of Egypt, the fish, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and garlic. They sold God out for some seasoning, friends. <laughs> Come on. Too delicately. They also did not count the cost and they wanted the expensive food. They were not satisfied that God miraculously brought water from a rock and bread from heaven. Then, after God provided the quail from heaven, the actual meat that they were asking for, they were too greedy. See, they gave, the, God gave instructions to only collect the food they needed for that day because God was trying to teach them to depend on him. See, he's our daily bread. He's our daily portion. He wants us to go back to him every day, not just shop at, there's no Sam's Club up in heaven where you buy and balk and you don't think you have to go to, to God, but on Sunday mornings and that's, you're covered for a week. No, God wants you to be with him. He wants get you to get bread from him every day. Y'all didn't get that. That was good, man. That was good. Every day he wants us to go to him. He was trying to teach the Israelites some lessons here, but they got too greedy. Say too greedy. Mm -mm -mm. They collected more than they were supposed to, and guess what? It went stale. It got all nasty. It says they also, they ate too much. Say too much. They ate too much meat. The Bible said it actually began to come out their nostrils. How disgusting is that? Go ahead and read that. That's in Numbers eleven twenty. Pretty gross, right? Nasto. They basically had all five warning signs that they were being gluttons. 
Their gluttony and rebellion kept them from the promised land, friends, because they settled for temporary fixes instead of God wanted them to come to him. God wanted to have fellowship. Jesus says that he stands at the door of our heart and he knocks. He wants us to say, come on in. He wants to dine with us. Listen, the last last thing he did with his disciples was have the last supper. There's nothing wrong with food in itself, friends. It's to give us nourishment and we're supposed to even enjoy it. God even does it. Jesus even did it. And then again, Again, when we get to be with him in heaven, guess what there's going to be? A banqueting table, friends. But God wants us to learn to, that he is the bread of life. That we, to, we are to hunger and thirst for him. This is the thing. Our physical appetites parallel with our ability to control ourselves. Well, I'll well myself. Well, if we are unable to control our eating habits... We are probably also unable to control other habits such as the mind, lust, covetousness, anger, and unable to keep our mouths from gossip and strife. We are not to let our appetites control us, but we are to control, have control over our appetites. Gluttony is rooted in selfishness. We must fight gluttony by being selfless, say selfless. We need to pick up our cross daily and go after the Lord. See, I've already shared the five warning signs of gluttony. Now I want to share five ways selflessness can help us defeat gluttony. You ready for this? Come on. We're in the, we're in the home ending here. It's like the last part of the game, like yesterday when my boy reached up, oh, grabbed the football, oh, brought it down to his chest, intercepted it, y'all, yes, and ran it in for a touchdown. I knew I was going to throw that in my sermon somehow. I just didn't know how. <laughs> That's where we're at, baby. That's where we're at in the last ending. So come on, let's get ready for it. It's good stuff. Oh, and then in the last second, oh, threw a touchdown pass. Oh, the crowd, at least the mama went wild. Okay, so here we are, the last five ways. Selflessness, not selfishness, selflessness. Say it with me, selflessness can defeat gluttony. Number one. Be patient. You know what the church used to tell people when I first got on fire? Don't pray for patience. What grandma came up with that idea? Lord, have mercy. Don't pray for patience. We're supposed to pray for patience because it's the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody, you got a homework assignment. Promise me this. You're going to pray for patience. Oh, some of y'all look scared. Oh, God's going to test me. Grandma told me not to pray for patience because God's going to test me. Listen, I'm sorry. Don't listen to your grandma this time, okay? Just not this time. We need to pray for patience because it's the fruit of the Spirit. And he's going to help us. And you're going to have opportunities to be impatient no matter what. So you might as well pray that God will help you patient. be patient. Amen? And if you want to stretch your faith that way, just go ahead over there. Go to McDonald's and say, Pastor Joy sent me over here today. Okay? Maybe they'll give us a discount. All right. (laughs) Number one, be patient. Do not demand things to happen too soon. Take your time. Enjoy life. Enjoy relationships. And guess what? Enjoy your food. They say if you actually eat slower, you'll eat better. So take your time. Don't cut the steak up all at once like I did yesterday, y'all. I was guilty. But sit around the table And cut it up one at a time and eat it up and enjoy life. Be patient. 
Don't just get fast food. Make a meal. Serve your family. Oh, I love to eat around the table. My kids love it. First of all, they build up my confidence and they say, Mama, you're the best cook ever. I'm like, you ain't been to James' house. <laughs> they ain't coming over either, James, because I like them thinking I'm the best cook ever. You can open a restaurant, Mom. And then we sit around the table and we fellowship and we talk about things and we encourage one another. Friends, that's what God wants to do for us. He wants us to fellowship with him. He wants us to eat with him. He wants to, us to eat of him. Can someone say, come on. We need to learn to be patient and wait on the Lord. Relax. The next one is be at peace. And I want to say relax. <sighs> Let's all do that. <sighs> Man, you know the life that we go through, this says the worries of the world choke the life of God out of you, friends. Man, oh, I got to pay this bill, and I got to do this, and I got to work hard. And then we start relying on ourselves to get everything taken care of, and we don't know how to relax. Guess what? There's people living in poverty in other countries that have a better time than we do in America with our 501Ks and, and our nice houses and our cars and even here, you know, those who are living in supposed poverty in America that, you know, they still got their food stamps and everything else. It's not, I'm not saying that our struggle is not a struggle, friends, but we've got to learn to be at peace with things. It's okay if things aren't perfect. Oh, I have to speak that to myself. Pastor Joy, it's okay when things are not perfect. I like things perfect. I've got to learn to relax. God gave me Mr. Chill as a husband. So 15 years, he's been rubbing up against me, teaching me to chill it out. Oh, you know, when I'm, my sister-in-law's like, I know what you're talking about. It's in the DNA. I'm like, I don't want to chill it out. It needs to be perfect. No, it doesn't need to be perfect. Sometimes we want to invite people over to our house because it's not perfect. Oh, I can't host a circle of eight. My house ain't perfect. I want my house to be big like Pastor Joyce. Well, have you take a look at my carpet that's over 20 years old? Mm. And praise the Lord, for some reason, when Pastor Cleef lived in that house, he decided it was a good idea to put in that tile that should be only in Walmart stores and in our foyer into our house. It's, just, it's, it's disgusting, but guess what? I'm still going to have you all over. And not, I, I can't let it bother me. I mean, it bothers me some, okay? I'm being for real. It does bother me some. But listen. <laughs> I'm still going to have you over, and I'm going to do the best I can. And then one day when the Lord blesses me with a new house or at least some new, uh, new carpet, I'm going to give him glory, right? We've got to learn to relax and enjoy our life. Be at peace. Be a good steward. Some of y'all ain't following along because I didn't make these all start with the same letter like I normally do. But listen, y'all, this is good stuff. Be a good steward. It all starts with B. <laughs> be a good steward. Do not waste Money, living too expensively, use wisdom with the provisions God has given you. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and trust God and tithe. Yep, I'm going to throw that in there. God will bless that 90% more than that 100% of you doing it on your own. Number four, be generous. Be generous. Do not be greedy. Share what God has given you to others. There's always people in worse situations, and that doesn't just mean material things. Share your time. Talk to somebody. Encourage somebody you ain't talked to in a while. Send an encouraging Facebook message with someone. Be generous with your words. And finally, be content. Stop being needy. Be satisfied with what you have. 
See, Jesus was tempted with food too. Matthew 4, 3 and 4. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to what? Become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let us have an appetite for the bread of life instead of the bread that's in this world, friends. Let us have a craving for Jesus, who is the hunt. His word is honey to my lips. Let us desire to have more of him, to hunger and thirst for him. The Bible says in Psalms 34, verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Bailey, can you come up? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Would you guys stand to your feet with me? How many people are tired of selling for cheap imitations? Just me? Because I want more of him. Every time I come into the house of the Lord, I want our worship to be explosive because there's people that are hungry and craving and not just when we have a guest speaker in that pumps us up or when the music is just the way we want it, but no, because we crave his very presence because we want to taste and see that he is real and that he loves us and that he is good. And even when we go through things, if we learn to wait in his presence, friends, he's going to give us the peace that passes understanding. He's going to help us through it. If you guys would just close your eyes. I want to share something that I debated sharing it because it almost sounds a little bit on the harsh side. And, well, my name is Joy. I don't like to be harsh. I like, to, I like that humor that makes things go down easy, you know, that little bit of honey that makes the medicine go down. But I've got to be obedient to the Lord and share this. And I felt I was supposed to, I asked the Lord, when should I share this? And I felt like he wanted me to share it in altar call. Is it okay? Are you willing to hear what, what the Lord may be speaking to you today? Nope, not one person. Cause, okay, because I don't want it to fall on deaf ears today. I want you to just even now say, Heavenly Father, give me ears to hear what your spirit is speaking. So I was asking the Lord, why do we have such a gluttony problem in America? And I, I asked him this after I wrote my whole sermon, so it wasn't even in my notes. It was last night. I was, I was praying. I got my flags out. I was worshiping. I was crying. And then I decided to sleep in the prayer room. And I asked the Lord, why do we have such a gluttony problem in America? And he brought this verse to my attention, James 5, verse 5. It says, you here lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourself in the day of slaughter. And I said, Lord. And I felt like he said to my spirit man, the obesity that we have in America is just a sign of a deeper rooted problem of obesity that we have in the church, spiritual obesity, that we always are taking in, taking in, taking in, taking in. I got to be at the next conference. I got to get the next Christian CD. I got to hear the word, take in, take in, take in, but never let it out. That we have more knowledge available, even if it's even if it's not even coming to church all the time. We don't even have to come to church anymore. We can just go on YouTube and listen to our favorite preachers at the very instant of abundance. And we're taking in, taking in, taking in. But yet, we're not taking the time to love our neighbor like the saints of old. We're not taking time to be faithful at our local church like the saints of old who build the great cathedrals. We're not taking the time to look after the orphan and the widow like the saints of old that started mission rescue missions. In this, in this great city, friends, we're not taking the time to do what God has called us to do because we have settled for cheap imitation. And friends, trust me from my heart, I don't mean that as harsh, but from the word of the Lord that he spoke to me. That is why 
It's just an outward sign. But if we, I felt like the Lord said, if we instead would learn to truly hunger and thirst after him, if we would truly learn to taste and see the goodness of God, and we would truly learn to make his word be honey to our lips, that all these other things, even our health would get better in America, friends, physically and spiritually. If you are ready to say, I want to crave more of the Lord, would you could just come on up here, walk up here, and say, I'm ready to make a declaration. I want to hunger and thirst after God. I'm saying today, I'm deciding, I'm going to crave after him. I'm going to hunger after him like I've never hungered after him before. I'm not going to settle for the cheap imitations that this world has to offer me. Instead, I want the real deal. I want more of God. If that's you today and you want more of God, would you just come on up here? Would you just raise your hands before the Lord? And prayer team, would you come on up and stand behind some of these people, please? If you're a part of our prayer team, come on up and help us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you even now for every single person that said, I want you more. It only takes one to say, I really want you more. God, that they can start a revival all around them, Lord. God, let them crave you. Let them hunger for you. God, wake them in the middle of the night and give them dreams and visions, Lord. Speak to them when they're reading the word. Give them fresh manna, fresh revelation that they would understand what you're saying to them, Lord. God, I pray for even those who did not uh, feel the need to come up here. God, every single one that's been in the sound of, of my voice today, Lord, I pray that they would hear your voice and that you would speak to them, that you would give them a desire for more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to pray for you.